The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Cool cats and kittens. This is Newer from Dishes and Dimes, and today I'm joined by Yasmin of Dishes and Dimes, and we're trying to figure out what we can talk about without any NBA content. I know that we were supposed to release an episode um, the past weekend, but we ran into a couple glitches and technical difficulties here and there, so um, that will be up hopefully. In yeah, the probably future. sometime this upcoming week. Yeah. Yeah, whenever we fig- we're able to figure out the technical the technicalities of things, then we can upload that. But for now, you've got Yasmin and I. Yasmin, how you doing? Hey, how's your I'm good. Life? I'm good. Oh, uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like talk about something I've done. Like I've literally been locked down. <laughs> I've been I've been like self quarantining. Like I feel like everyone's going across maybe like a little over two weeks, but I think I'm on. On around three weeks, I started a little, a little earlier for myself. I like took time off from everything a little earlier because I'm I have a particularly weak immune system. So Good I was like, you, let girl. me let me get out of this while I can. So that's you're why. like, I'm not gonna wait for the government to tell me what to do. I'll just yeah, no, I was it, I, it was already kind of serious. Yeah, like, like a week prior, like people were wondering why is the NBA still going on when I decided to just stop leaving the house. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent exactly. Like I think we were still like our, our our group was kind of meeting up for a couple of things downtown at that point, and we were still kind of like, oh, should yeah. we meet up? Should we be doing these things? Like, yeah, people were kind of questioning it. Yeah, it's 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 been nuts, and I'm the same way, honestly. Like I I oh the shit that's wrong with my body, I can't even begin on. So I was just you have like, a flu? I, not right now, but like just like in terms of. Like, you know, having a weak immune system and having all those, like, underlying problems and being like, oh, what if, you know, you get the virus and how you're going to react to it. So just oh, yeah. based off of that, too, I was I was the same way. I was, like, pre-quarantining and I was in my room throughout the entire time. Even if I'm outside, like, at work or anything, um, I have I got my gloves on. I've got, like... I got sanitizer, like, buckets of it right beside me. If I'm leaving the house, I'm, like, covered in my face. It was, I I was practicing that for a while, but now, for sure, it's just, like, it's all you think about. It's your everyday, every decision. I was thinking, like, every decision you make is either because of the virus or influenced by the virus. Yeah, it's, it's like, and every thought, every, everything you're doing, you're kind of thinking about it in the context of, we're quarantined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's particular, like for for me, like the flu takes me out. Like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> exactly. so, I cannot imagine. Like I'm if I have a cold, like I'm done for the week. Like my, my whole my whole family knows. Like you know, there's always like, oh, women are they handle cold and colds and flus better than men. But I can't relate to that. Like I'm I'm just like Girl, wrecked. I'm the same way. <laughs> I like 
lose weight and everything is too much. <laughs> I'm like bedridden. So, yeah. I have yeah. mom come and feed me soup. I'm like, I can't. There's something wrong. I'm not going to make it. And it's just the uh-huh. like the d- little flu, you know, the little yeah. sniffles that you get. And I'm like, no, I'm going to die. And then yeah. this, I'm like, oof, I want no part. Yeah. I like, want this. Easy, easy. As- Take my vitamins, all that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The- you know how serious like the quarantine orders have become I feel like in North America like I don't know how they're going to um like bring the NBA back you know so oh yeah 100%. just cuz it's such an it's such an interactive sport with like fans and with um staff and coaching staff and media and how close the media gets to be uh, in the vicinity of these players and the access that they have so like how it's going to translate with how uh, quickly they seem you know how eager they seem to bring the NBA back I don't know how it's gonna work but and you know, I mean, we're only going based off of like the stats for the virus in Canada and, and the the league is in the states and states are just you know I don't know if they have a plan for the virus or anything so I I, I honestly don't see the season coming back normally up until probably next year yeah like the sensible thing would be just to cancel it and to um, restart next season but they seem really intent on bringing in that potential TV revenue and the um, the viewership and everything, which would yeah. be insane since everyone is at home. So they're probably <laughs> yeah. salivating. They're probably salivating at the prospect of having literally everybody. The, the viewership would be, like, l- probably in, like, the tens of millions. <laughs> like, we'll have, like, 90 million viewership games and stuff. <laughs> it would be, like, the Super Bowl for every single game. But, um uh, you were talking about earlier it. about you, you were talking about earlier about like one of the proposals um, that they were kind of kicking around that yeah. horse was of, talking about. A lot of the reporters are have been um, you know outspoken about being able to get the NBA started because I guess like they need content for themselves to be able to you know write and report on. But um, they were from what I've heard, I heard a little bit of think planning about um, opening up smaller cities and having the teams relocate there or I think Brian Windhorst was um, he he made a statement saying that like what if um, we did what the Chinese Basketball Association is doing where you take essentially two parts of the NBA like an east and west of teams and they would be secluded in different parts different two different parts of the country so in two cities and they're essentially in a bubble and all they do is like eat breathe sleep basketball that's that's the entire premise of where they are so whoever their contact is is going to be within the basketball media and within the basketball um, players and there would be no um, I guess contact with anybody with the or they would try their best not to have contact with anybody with the virus but it's I mean it's a, it's a good thought it's innovative yeah. I feel like the a lot of these proposals don't really take into account how these things spread you yeah know what I mean because it it's it's literally like a mere handshake with someone at the airport or like touching the same railing as someone who was sick, who, who was a carrier of the virus, not even sick, you know what I mean? Like, considering how many people are asymptomatic, like, it just simply passing by or being within the vicinity of someone infected, like, can... And if you have these players in a bubble, they they might spread it to each other, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's I mean, so many variables. That could be, like, that ship that's going on right now, right? Like, you just could just have all these people in a place where they, now they're all contaminated and everybody's exposed to everybody who's either had the virus or was in contact with somebody with the virus. And the scariest part of it, like you said, is people are asymptomatic. I think it was, I think most of the players that tested positive were asymptomatic, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and that's that's insanely terrifying to me like you're you might be fine you're healthy but you're around people who could potentially he could potentially you know fatally harm and how would you know that? How would they know that? And you're transferring. It's it's a lot of, you know, give and take. And plus, these players also have families. Like, I'm sure they would exactly. rather be safe at home with the families as opposed to risking their lives to be able to play this basketball. All of them are saying everything right now is bigger than basketball. And I think um, it would be strange. Like, I think one of the another proposal was to push back the, the restart of this, like resuming the season into like July or August. And then having the playoffs run its course throughout like even the holiday season I'm thinking then you'd have to restart the season for next um without uh a break I guess <laughs> like or if yeah. they have a break it would cause like a cascading effect where every season is pushed back a couple of months so um I don't even know how that would work like or maybe they would not do a break altogether since they've been off for so long yeah, yeah, I was thinking so. that too. But then, then again, like there also aren't getting their like you know workouts and proper exactly. and regular routines, and so it's not like it makes any sense to do that. I mean, it's all wishful thinking, and it would be great and exactly. and you know in a, in a smaller little perspective and bubble. But the larger picture, I think, what they really should do is just suspend the season, let them be home, let them relax, let this thing blow over, and then let's hopefully we can pick back things up in October. But I even I feel like that's kind of a hopefully it's not a far fetch, but just based off of how things are going, I feel like the experts are saying we're going to be in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, reasonable, like realistically speaking, it would be until there is a vaccine. So yeah, exactly. And that's not and that takes a lot of time. Year. Yeah, that's not going to be around per, earliest um, early next year or yeah, towards yeah. the end of this year. So. And that's yeah. like on the, um, the acknowledging that they're probably going to run through the process quicker than normal. So exactly. And I mean, with, with like you said, it's going to take a while. And even if we get the season going in October, I highly doubt they would they could have fans in the audience. Oh, oh yeah, and that would just bring a whole new energy. Like I feel like role players would be terrible without fans <laughs> in the <laughs> arena. <laughs> Oh, they feed yeah, yeah. off that energy so much. I wonder. I want someone to mention like how is this going to affect shooting numbers? Because like, I wonder like people who are not good free throw shooters. I'm sure they're great in practice when no one's around. Maybe. Yeah, that's so, so true. How would that? I don't know. It would. I. It would just be so. It would be like the biggest asterisk. Whoever wins that championship, like it, even it more so hurt. than. Sorry. Go ahead. Even more so than, like, beating a team that's injured. People would just say, oh, yeah, he had, like, the, the, the doomsday championship. <laughs> the post-apocalyptic uh, one. And, of course, we would win that. And we would be told, like, oh, apparently oh, reserve if, it. If the Raptors win that championship, it's it turns into the most asterisk-laden yeah. one, into the most meaningful one. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do a 180 on the narrative immediately. <laughs> No problem with that. We can make up our mind like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the most meaningful one. It was when um, it was during a societal collapse. They came back after a pandemic. Can you believe yeah, can you that? Believe that? The most meaningful two people. Are you ever. kidding me? Kyle Lowry came back. Don't <laughs> even the world. mention Chris Paul to me. Yeah, he saved the basketball world. <laughs> joking. Yeah, do you remember that time Kyle Lowry saved the world? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what Raptors Straight to the to Hall do. of Fame right after this season ends. Exactly. We're, we're, already, we're already there with the saving the world narrative without a post-apocalyptic yeah. chapter. <laughs> imagine. We so, anyway. It would be untouchable. And yes. also, like, intolerable. <laughs> no one would like oh, us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, um, we were thinking that we'd do, like, a, a review for, a, like, kind of... I, I, kind of assuming that the season has, has ended. So uh, we were going to review the top seven players on the team and kind of grade their performance for the season this far. So, yeah. yeah so um, I, we're, we're just going to do the top seven because they're the ones who get the most consistent minutes and they're the easiest to assess. Um, and yeah, so I have a list here. Um, oh, yeah. I just she wrote it now. prepared. I wrote it while like, we were you know speaking. What? There's no hope. <laughs> Multitasking too, I love it. She's like, you know what? There's no content, no problem. No, no worries. I was at I all. Was, I was afraid I would forget someone and then I'll be roasted. So, <laughs> um, let's start with yeah, let's start careful. with the number one option. Let's start with the number one option. So we'll just go with Pascal first. So, um, do you want to give your grade for his season thus far? Okay. Yes. Um, Pascal, I will. Can I say A minus? Yeah. A minus. I think yeah, give your I, honest opinion. I think he's he's um he's like he's amazing. There's no ceiling on Pascal. Everything he's done so far has just been, you know, more than what you could have asked for but two years ago. Oh, yeah. And that's that in its own is just like, okay, give him the MVP, I don't give a crap. But um I think the only thing would be, you know, some of those shooting drills, just being able to see, like, I know he has it in him. I know he can he can turn his game on, turn it off whenever he wants to. But it's it's just, I guess, in some points, just a little bit of consistency, which I know he's capable of. So even that's yeah. not really you know, a minus. It's just mm. whenever you're ready, whenever you want to, Pascal, no rush. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, it's true. Um, yeah, I actually was going to give him the same grade, an A minus. Um because like the the reason why I'd say like in the A range is because he's been so good this season and he's definitely taken the leap and shown that he can um, handle like the burden of being the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say minus because I think we're seeing that there's so much required of um, a number one option, like just knowing how to ration your energy throughout a game, um, knowing when your team needs you to take over, which he's been really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just, we're seeing like this journey and the growing pains. I think that's why it's a minus where it's clearly a work in progress for him. Yeah. Which is not even a big deal because this is essentially like, I guess his first year being that person, right? So of mm-hmm. course you're going to run into little things where, you know, it's, I mean, for me, the biggest things were whenever he makes those layups and the layups just come that like two seconds short. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he could easily make that. It's just, it's in him, but, and he'll hit those. I'm sure he will over the course of the summer once he's practicing, but he, and he'll get that A plus. I have no doubt about that, but it's just that, you know, he's on that trajectory and that yeah. trajectory right now gives him an A minus. Yeah. And those are shots that were like money for him last season. I think it's, um, uh, that's a that's when like the learning how to pace himself throughout a game comes out because sometimes he'll like take his ten shots within the first few minutes of a game and then have yeah. no energy for the rest of the night. Yeah. So I think like little things that we'd see with like I remember with Kawhi like he'd be almost invisible until he was like okay is it my turn now? Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, god, you're so right. Yeah. So he'd I wait think, his turn literally. Yeah, and like 
you see that with so many stars where they know, unless they're like a point guard, but you know, they know when to kind of rear their head and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's an A minus for Pascal. The next person is Kyle. What grade would you give Kyle this season? Can I like bow down to Kyle? A plus <laughs> plus. What else would you require from me? I don't know. He's he just proves to you every single goddamn day like how important he is to this team, how how important he is just as a facilitator, as an architect, as the engineer. He doesn't even need to shoot. He's and he still does it and he does it so and he's doing it I would say like probably the best in his of his career right now, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not arguable. This is definitely among his top seasons. Yeah, easily. And this is like in the middle of all these injuries, in the middle of, um, you know, all these players be having to be having to elevate their game because now they have a championship on their name and they have to defend that going forward. And they've been doing a great job of it. But he's still the number one person on that team for me. And without him, it's it's not really like it's the Raptors, but it's not really the Raptors. A plus. Do what you're keep doing what you're doing. I Um, just love you. (laughs) <laughs> of course he's listening um, <laughs> of course he's listening of course what else is he doing we hey don't Kyle, do Kyle. <laughs> um, so yeah I would I would give him an A only because I feel like uh, um, he's had A plus seasons already but then in the context of of his age I would I, I feel like it also is an A plus I don't even know what to say so um yeah, I, I, I would like give it like an A, right or, yeah, an A or an A plus. Um, but yeah, he's been having an amazing season. And you have to like frame it in the context of he's in the latter part of his prime. Like he's in the last couple of years of his prime. And he's still giving this effort. And it's kind of like a, I'm trying to like savor. I was trying to, the whole season, I've been trying to like savor every performance that he has. Because I know that oh. we're in the last couple of <laughs> years of, yeah. of his prime. That's so true. So... Uh, um, and I feel like Raptor fans in general are collectively have been doing that, but, um, yeah, this season has been phenomenal. And it's, if you look at the context of his age and what he's doing right now, it's unprecedented. Like if you look at the numbers, there's literally no point guard of his, age, um, doing what he has done this season. Um, and it sucks that we didn't get to see it or we might not even get to see it, uh, in a playoff setting. Um, but it's interesting this part of his career. This the last I feel like the last couple of years of his of of his prime are going to be really interesting because he kind of has like the he still has a little bit of his athleticism left, but he has like the brain of a 30-something-year-old point guard, which is mm-hmm. just like, you know, brimming right now. Like yeah. he's so smart. And I, I I see it in Chris Paul too where he, they're in the last couple of years of their bodies not giving out like they still um, our forces on the court, but they also still have that mature mind. Yeah. And it's so, it's like the perfect point guard, you know? It's like a very, it's a very it's like brief the life. like age to be that bulldog point guard, you know? Yeah, and like you see with Chris Paul where he's like the most clutch player of the season right now. Like oh, all the stats yeah. show that he just snaps in the clutch. Um, and you see it with Kyle where he's doing, he's giving his best passing. He's giving, he's giving you like the assist numbers very close to last season, coupled with the scoring of his prime. And um, it's kind of a golden age. It's really, really fun to watch. Oh, I completely agree. Plus, his defense is still as phenomenal as ever. His charges oh, yeah. are, 
he's still putting his body on the line. Not like I completely forgot about the age factor because it's just when you look at him playing, it's just you don't even think about it because he's just he defies age at this point. Yeah, he's like he's still dogging it out. And the same thing, like I said, with Chris Paul, they're both cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. And it's, I it's love very, it. It's really interesting because like I also think he's never taken defense as seriously as this season because he's always been yeah. a plus defender everyone knows that it's very hard you can't back him down in the post um he's decent on the perimeter he's really really smart when it comes to team defense he knows how to organize his team um but i feel like this season he's taken like the leadership role on defense where he's where he's taking it as seriously as the offensive role and it's like it's really really cool i think we're seeing like it, it, it's probably it's definitely among his top three seasons and i can definitely see the argument for it being his most enjoyable season oh yeah easily for sure and you can see that he's passing the same dog off to van vliet and oh yeah and that's actually the next person on the list oh yeah let's go how do you feel about van vliet okay so for fred i'm gonna give him a b plus um and last season i might have given him like a c plus so that's a big (laughs) leap for him like fred is fred's been really cool i give him a b plus because there's definitely been a leap he's carrying himself like with like he's always been super confident as a player mm-hmm. um but he's coupled it with like a, a legit skill set because before i feel like he was a great we always knew him as a good catch and shooter and really not much else but this season he's shown that he's a great ball handler um he's a he can make like basic plays he can execute basic plays um and that he's um, an excellent defender. Like, he's a high-end point oh, guard yeah. defender for his position and for his size. Like, he's definitely the best. Um, but obviously, like, there, there are some things that he can definitely still work on. Like, I think he can become a better finisher. And I think he can become a better passer, which I think will come with reps. Mm-hmm. He's only, like, he's Pascal's age. I always remind myself of that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, it's... A lot of people compare him to, like, a 25-year-old Lowry, but I feel like that's really difficult because Lowry was, like, when he was young, he was insanely athletic. Like, he'd get get away with a lot because he just had a lot of speed and bounce, like, that Fred does. Fred is, like, physically like a like a 34-year-old Kyle. Like, Kyle is, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're yeah, exactly. Like, athletically, they're on the same level. But that wouldn't be the case if Kyle was 25. Yeah. Um, but if, I think Fred, in order to... Um, uh, he's realizing that because he doesn't have that athleticism, he can't just leap for his layups. Like, he can't jump three feet like Kyle used to mm-hmm. uh, and do, like, a reverse or some shit. Like, he can't really execute that. So he has to actually have, like, the brain of a, of an older point guard when it comes to finishing, which is uh, difficult for a 25-year-old. So we, I think he just needs patience to kind of develop um, that skill and become a better finisher. So um, that's, like, the only criticism I have for... Fred, like he's he's a bona fide shooter like he can shoot um oh and also like he can he can stand to develop like that mid-range game that like a Kyle and a Chris yeah. Paul Excella and even like a Kyrie like when you're a smaller point guard when you're in that six foot to six three range you need a mid-range because sometimes you can't get in the paint and deal with the center you know so exactly exactly I I, I have the same sentiments for me it would be around a B plus V as well um yeah. I think, like you said, like he's he's a very mature player, it, just in his demeanor, the way that he carries himself, and you yeah. you can also kind of see that passed on to his 
game style of play. Like he's he's learning now to be making. He's learning how to make those better calls and those better shots and um, pick and choose when he should be shooting and when he should be passing. Because I remember last season, I used to pull my hair out just watching him dribble it down the clock and you know, pass it out at the very last second and the person who has to catches it has to shoot it because they don't have enough time left on the clock to find yeah, themselves a better shot. Yeah, there's way less of that. There's this way season. less of that. And it's like a huge migraine that's like not there anymore. <laughs> um, but like you said, it's a, I think it's the same thing for me too. I think the one thing he lacks is just speed. And that's probably the reason why he has trouble finishing in the paint. And obviously his size doesn't help and, the people the defenders catch up and he's never really he's he has a hard time making those shots he's yeah. like you said a bona fide um three-point shooter he can get his shots up whenever he's the perfect catch and shoot really like he proves yeah. it whenever his game is going and yeah i completely agree with you on on the mid-range too i think when when you're when you're that when you're a point guard and you are a, a smaller point guard uh-huh. you're the way that you can really help your shooting is just is by being able to learn how to shoot with the <clears> mid range and then the three point. You don't really have to get in the paint per se. For him, I would I'm hoping he's working more on his mid range because that just creates more space, more shooting opportunities, more more of everything. But um, I I think he's on his way there, and just the fact that he's able to pick and choose his assists way better is already a testament to his progress because last season was was a was like oh my goodness Fred, please yeah. pass the please he wasn't, you. he wasn't a, he wasn't a starting caliber player last season but now he's definitely made a case for himself because i remember in the beginning of the season where it, it, it felt like the clear-cut starter would be norm but yeah. Fred has genuinely made a case for himself. Like, obviously, fans are going to say, oh, Norm should start. But Fred ha- Fred has a an argument for being the starter as well. Which is crazy <clears> given <throat> Norm's season. Like, if he's able to make that argument next to the crazy season that Norm's having, that's yeah, it's a testament to, again, how yeah. great he's playing. Exactly. So, yeah. So, the next, next person on the list is Mark. So, do you want to go first for that one? Okay, sure. Mark? Uh, I, can't, I don't know how to give anybody less than a B. <laughs> um, I I think the top yeah. seven it's difficult, <laughs> right? I think like, you just also love them so much. You can't. I I don't know how to be, you know, not just favorable. But I probably um a B. Yeah. It, again, his his IQ is just phenomenal. The the passes he makes and uh, the passes he makes without any movement. Oh yeah, puzzle my mind. I'm like every every angle, every height, every speed. Like he, if you like, you have to really look at his passes. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. He can change the trajectory. He can give like curved passes. Some are really like bullet passes where they almost hit the chest of the person who catches it. Or they're like light pass. Oh, everything is just. Oh yeah, it's perfect. What he's doing, and it's always with either OG. Most everybody actually, he's able to get those balls off with everybody, but especially OG, he really gets OG going. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's um, but yeah, he's and obviously his defense is phenomenal. It's because he can't really bite the pump fakes. He just stands. Oh yeah, he can jump. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, he's perfect at what he does. I think um, just is shooting obviously, but then again, like I can't really give him much because. He's been injured for how long? He was, he had the craziest yeah. summer anybody could imagine. Like, won two trophies. Who can really say that? And, um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I just hope that 
when I talk about Mark, I'm just like, I really hope when the NBA comes back, he's still a Raptor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I honestly, like, I feel like his skill set, like, just being a a three-point shooter and a passer can be useful for even into, like, retirement. So, I would love to still see him a Raptor. Yeah. As Uh, long as we have to face Embiid as well, like, that's the guy that you need. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I would give him, um, probably a B as well. You gave him a B, right? Yeah, a B. Yeah, I'd give him a B as well, only because his health has been an issue this season. Um, just like the first hamstring strain and then another hamstring strain. Um, but, and then he had a really difficult beginning of the season because he was coming off basically a full year of basketball. Exactly. Um, so which is understandable, but even, like, those glimpses, the first time he came back healthy, like, he was playing phenomenal. Um, he looked rested, and I think that was just the case with him. He just needed to get some rest, and he was honestly slated to come back. Yeah. <laughs> before the NBA. <laughs> now he was supposed to, re- I'm pretty sure he was re- supposed to return because they had, like, a week off after that Jazz game, so that's, that was, really it sucks. was literally that week. Yep. Yeah, that's terrible. Um... um but he was so good, um, and I think that this season he kind of like he's he seems really comfortable with the guys around him and really comfortable with his role. Like he, he's just allowed to be Mark, and I like even Memphis Grizzly fans will tell you like Mark has always been a hesitant passer. You know what I mean, or a hesitant mm-hmm. shooter. Sorry, he's always yeah he's a willing passer, overly willing, but he was <laughs> always a hesitant. He's not someone who wants to be the um, predominant offensive option on his team. So, um, seeing him, um, seeing him find, like, just seem really content in his role of being, like, the fifth option, sixth option on the team. Well, actually, I would say probably, like, seventh option, because even a couple guys on the bench are scoring more than him, but he seems completely content with him. And Mark is a guy where he's had, he's heads with coaches in the past, like, he's gotten coaches fired um, from the Grizzlies, so if he's someone who's unhappy with the offensive scheme, he will let it be known you know what i mean but he seems so he's he's a difficult guy so to see him so content and so like genuinely happy on the court um with helping his team communicative he seems to really enjoy playing with kyle playing with other smart players Mm -hmm. uh, mentoring og so i just i love him for the raptors i love him as a fit i honestly wouldn't mind seeing old gasol coming off the bench for the next couple years so honestly this team should just never be disbanded take all these guys let him retire here like I don't um, know. I will have... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's I'm I'm just spitting balling here. I will have no problem. Just let them be old and gray, and I'll still show up and cheer. Yeah, like I don't know any other team in the league that's like this content with their roster with their top seven guys. <laughs> yeah, and I think the biggest part of it too, like you mentioned, how Mark is just so he understands what his role is. It's and you know, be given his history about how he lets it be known if he's upset about something. Every guy on the Raptors right now has bought into his role, and we don't have guys on the team that are like easygoing guys. For oh the yeah, most part you've got it's Kyle, true. you've got Serge, you've got Mark. Like you. Have have guys who will let you know how they're feeling and they will let it be known and the fact that not only are they cool with with uh, coming off the bench coming and just letting other guys have their shot like they're cool with it's just about anything they've bought into their roles they know what they have to produce they know what they what um but being being asked of them on the court off the court as a as like an assistant coach even type of thing and it's 
phenomenal to see, and it's a huge testament to Nick Nurse. Like, oh yeah, huge testament to how the has he done this? It's yeah. the elephant in the room. Remember what he and he said that in the I think it was on like open gym or something and he said i have this policy or maybe it was probably an interview i think everybody knows about this but he's like i have this policy oh yeah the green room with danny green i remember that interview with nick nurse yeah oh, i think that's where i saw it too <clears throat> so right danny mentioned it first he's like yeah he has this uh, elephant in his room and he just has people pick it up and say okay address the elephant in the room and that's how they talk about their issues Someone mentioned that he took, like, conflict res- resolution in college or something, and it <laughs> helped him tremendously. That should be mandatory for any, like, sports coach or anyone. Honestly, make it mandatory for every citizen. Let me know what the book is. We should all be buying it. No, that is, that's very smart. Um, okay, so we both graded Mark. Okay, so the next person is OG. Okay. Um, oh, that's a difficult one. Do you want me to go first? While yeah, you, you go first. first. You go first. Okay. I'll give OG a B plus A minus. I'm not sure about which. Okay. Um, but yeah, after like a difficult year last season where he was just um, like going through his own things and then it was kind of bleeding onto the court with his um, inconsistent minutes coming off the bench uh, after like starting basically last the season prior um it kind of affected his game he was kind of out of um position he was asked to play the four and to back up pascal when that was in his natural position and um now he's being used i think to the best of his ability like seeing him um as the three and just defending the other opposing team's best player and doing doing it so well like OG effectively mutes anyone he's yeah. placed on. Like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Like, I, we, we're really lucky because we have Pascal who's like, he's like a roaming defender. He's the type of guy who can come out behind and block. Yeah. He can recover um, if uh, another teammate makes a mistake or he's the guy who runs off into the corner to block the corner three shooter when the Raptors funnel all of the passes to the yeah. corner. He's yeah. the guy who comes with his limbs and blocks. <laughs> it, but but OG is the guy who stays glued to his man. Um, went on the court with the starting five with Kyle and Mark, who are really the best defensive mentors for him. And, and you could see it like he defends like a like a seasoned professional, like a like someone who's been a specialist for years, and he's only in his third year. Um, so and his three point shooting has been he. I think he had a little bit of a drought. But it's been really good this season. Like, he's a... I trust a catch-and-shoot three from OG. Absolutely. Like, that that alone, that skill set, being a really excellent defender, being all NBA defense, I think he's going to get it this season. Either him or Pascal. Like, I'm fine with either, but it's probably... It should be OG because of the... Um, uh, well, actually, you know, you can make the case for either. <laughs> but Honestly, one seriously, of, yeah. One of, one of them is going to get it. Um and because both do something really useful, like Pascal is basically the Raptors' defensive scheme. Like it, it hinges on him being able to cover mistakes. And then mm-hmm. OG is our guy who who removes the best score from the other from the other team. So um, having that like that skill set alone, being a three point shooter and being an excellent defender, makes him like a hot commodity in this league. Like he's already basically found his niche. If he wants, he can just be kind of a Robert Covington type. For the rest of his career, um, I think that he can be more. I definitely think he can become more of a um, ver- versatile scorer. 
Um, I think he can develop a hang- handle, and I think that's what's exciting about OG. Like, it's this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for him. Yeah. He's still like one of the young- youngest members say, of the team. So I think he's young. Yeah, he's like twenty-two, rookies- right? Yeah, our rookies are a little older than him. Yeah, <laughs> that's. And we've had him for how long? He's like you said for me too. A minus, probably the perfect three and D guy you could have on the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. And the like you, I think you mentioned too. The best thing about us and like we're so spoiled because we have Pascal as the best helping defender and then we have OG as like the perfect one-on-one defender so you're really whoever you're facing you've got a solid chance against you know against them you got a solid chance to just silence them and that's just our forwards like even with our guards like with Kyle he can like bump bodies with like a Jimmy Butler or a Drew Holiday or something and then you have Fred Fred can deal with your Steph Curry's and your Kemba Walker's and stuff. Like, it's really, like, really our like, PGs the Raptors have so many options. Exactly. Sorry? Our PGs are annoying as hell. Like, oh, we, yeah. no matter who's <laughs> playing on the court, they're going to give you a solid chance at defense. Because if they're not, Nick Nurse is pulling them out. They're not yeah, and, playing afterwards. And that's the thing that, like, Nick Nurse has mentioned. That if it doesn't matter what kind of offensive um, ranking or whatever you are offensively, as long as you have a decent offensive system and as long as you're defensively like elite, you give yourself a chance in every single game. If you can mute the other teams or you kind of, yeah, just kind of settle down the other team's main scores, you give yourself a chance in that exactly, match. Exactly, you know? exactly. And that's the reason why I suppose he's picked um, <coughs> Patrick McCall over anybody else, you know, whenever he's chosen to have them in because as, we'll as much that after. <laughs> we, can, we can get to McCall after, but as much as, you know, whatever his shooting slumps are, it's what he values is defense and the fact that you're you're bought into defense because everybody wants to score. Everybody wants to have, you know, get their points in. But if you're really focused on defense, it means you're really focused on the game. Um, but yeah, same thing for me. A minus. Okay, so A minus. next guy is Norm, Norman Powell. Oh, baby. Okay, you want to go first. <laughs> oh, can I? I, I want to paint him. <laughs> I don't know what I can do. I miss him so much. I I go through, like, whenever he posts Instagram stories, he's, he's working out still. And, like, not just working out like the rookies are working out. He's working out hard. So I don't know what he's going to look like once he's back. Because he's totally <laughs> bought into whatever his mentality is right now. And I can't. Oh, yeah. He's going to come back, like, 32 0 Oh, that's the Norm Powell special. <laughs> that's the Norm Powell special. That's what you're going to be getting from it. That's all be the grind that we understand next season. And his season this so far has just been, like, I guess he was off to kind, like, not even a slow start, but compared to what he's at right now, that was kind of a slow start. And yeah. the second, like, December picked up, he's like, I, I'm, I don't know how not to get the ball in the hoop. No, I don't, I don't know how not to have it go inside the net like he's he's just been so phenomenal so good every time he has that ball anytime he shoots like i'm i'm like curry i walk away i'm like it's going in <laughs> you're the one who looks away he's just so good i miss him so much did you but... break him <laughs> i don't think so a okay. plus 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 okay. got it Plus, <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna give him like an A minus. Oh. Um, n- not even like just that's really good. That's the same ranking that's as really Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I don't know. This season, Norm has basically. I think he's become. 
because he's honestly the same player he was last season. But I think this season he's someone who's just more comfortable in his skin because I feel like he was a little bit insecure on the court. Like you could see he was unsure of what to do when he had the ball sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he would, you know, sli- straight line drive to the rim and then he would lose the ball or he'd get stripped or he'd make the, he'd make a, um, he'd oh, get a, tra- yeah. a, tra- a travel violation. Like he'll take an extra step or he wouldn't know who to pass to. But this season, I just feel like he watched a lot of film Nick Nurse outlined his role to him really clearly. Told him, you know, you're a scorer, you're a bona fide scorer for this team. Like I can, you can definitely see the results because he's the same player. He's demonstrating the same bursts that we used to see and we still kind of cling to. But it's like every night now. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I remember what I, I I spoke with the, with Iman a couple of weeks ago on it, where like. We were wondering before the season began, like, who's going to be that wing scorer for the Raptors? Like, that guy who can take the burden off of Pascal when he can't, when he's, um, you know, when his li- when you see his limitations come out, who's going to fill in those gaps? And it, it's Norman Powell. <laughs> like, yeah. Norm is, I, I can see him becoming, a, becoming an all-star perhaps before even Fred Van Vliet. Like, he's a bona fide scorer on every level. He's an elite finisher. Like, someone posted his percentages. They're like... He's finishing like a center, and he's a six four guard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there. He's when he whenever he's laying it up too. I'm just that's where I still kind of like cringe and hold my breath a little bit. But every but single in, time every it goes angle. in, every, every angle, you're in so front right. Of the every rig. angle, and he's surrounded right. by men. He's either he's speeding it down or he's surrounded by defenders, and it's still going in. And and I think like we we don't we didn't give enough um, credit to. Kawhi's persona last season too because I feel like all these guys benefited having him around as well because oh, yeah. like you said you you saw last season like he he would lose the ball he would commit a turnover you could kind of see the guys get a little bit frustrated on the court with him because it was it was kind of a consistent thing like it would happen quite often where he would just lose the ball and now he plays with a, a sense of confidence where he he also knows the ball is going in he plays like he he knows that whatever shot he's scoring, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be the right one, and he's um, he's 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 making a lot better decisions than he was before. Yeah, and he's with he has like clear chemistry with Kyle. He has amazing chemistry with um Mark, uh, yeah. with those those cuts to the basket. Like he he just seems so content, and his teammates are boosting him. You can see them there in when Norm has it going. Every possession's going to him. Yeah, like, exactly. Like Pascal has no ego. He's he's driving, collapsing the defense, and kicking it out to Norm. Yeah, like, to Norm. and I love that. So I can definitely like maybe when I, my ideal scenario for the Raptors in the future was that is that as Larry gets older, he takes a six man role and Norm becomes a starter for the team. I feel like that would be the perfect layout for the squad. I'm not sure the money works because <laughs> Norm's definitely opting out of his player option. He's only earning ten million this year, but he can definitely make like buddy healed money. I always say that like <laughs> he he can literally do it all, and he's becoming a decent defender. He's still, I think, a weak team defender. He kind of messes up coverages yeah. sometimes. He sags off a little too much off shooters. Like it feels like people shoot fifty percent from three when the norm is on yeah. them. Um, but he's strong on ball. He can stay in front of his guy. He's definitely improved from past years. Um, and he's tr- kind of rounding out into exactly what the team needs, the exact kind of player they need. Um, At the exact so, moment when we lose Kawhi. Yeah, and it's he's in the perfect situation to 
and he, he's still young. I think he's what twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. So he's he's in the midst of his prime, and we're getting to enjoy that. So I hope to see him as a raptor into the future. But you know, people always say we need we need we need a third we need another score. Like the raptor should look into getting a Bradley Beal or something. But like, what if Norm becomes that? Exactly. <laughs> you don't need Bradley if- Beal. You've got Norman Powell. <laughs> it's not necessary. And honestly, Masai, if you're listening, we have no problem going you know tapping into the luxury tax or whatever. Just keep all these guys around man they will have the bird rights of like everyone soon so i can (laughs) they're going to go way into the tax soon i think in 2021 they're going to be like one of the most expensive teams in the league definitely (laughs) but it'll be be for championships though (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's going to be hard for Giannis to turn down exactly Giannis, uh pascal norman powell big three (laughs) oh my god that and then be... you got Kyle coming off the bench. Can you get any yeah, better than that? I allow a Hall of Famer coming off your a bench. A Hall of Famer oh coming off the bench. My <laughs> God. Insane. Do we have anybody else? Is that, yes, is that let, me, let me see. Oh, Serge. Oh. Mafuzi Chef. Mafuzi. <laughs> He's, I, his quarantine content, I'm living for. Thank oh, you so yeah. much. I didn't like to listen to our podcast, but thank you for listening. Thanks He's for the content. Occupied. Yeah, seriously. He's every day. He's like, how can I, how can I appease? How can I make sure that my Raptor fans are entertained in the he's middle so, of all this? A, he has such a great spirit. Like he's such a joyful, <laughs> great person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his, you just really get that energy. You get that great energy from him. He's good like, vibes. Great good vibes. Time. Oh my god! <laughs> every team needs a locker room vet like that. Who's not, you know, overbearing. Like it, you, you have your. Um, the guys that keep you in line, you already have Kyle for that. So he can be like that release valve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like your chill factor. He, Whenever he's around, everything is a little bit cooler. It's a little bit funnier. It's a little yeah. bit he's more still laid back. Yeah, he's yeah. still mentoring the rookies and stuff, which is great. So He's also really opted into his role. Like the fact that, I guess we should grade him first before we go into everything yeah, else. Yeah, you want to go first? Go first. Okay. Yeah? Um, yeah, sure, I'll go first. Okay, so. Yeah. Surge, a B plus, B plus, or A minus in between that probably. Yeah, he's um he's been actually no, I'm wrong. A minus between A minus to A because I feel like he's he's had to really pull through when Mark has been injured and when Mark oh, has yeah. been off the roster. And once once he when he's been there, like we don't really give him much credit for his defense. Like he's not you know just because we. We've seen Mark's defense and we've seen Mark's ball, you know, ball making and everything. And we're just, we're used to that. And, but Serge, you, you get your shots and you do, you still get decent defense. You don't get obviously the, the ball handling and the passing and stuff, but whatever he's able to produce, he's producing at a really good rate. He's also playing with a lot more confidence. He, I think last year, he was still kind of like the same way with Norm a little bit where he's taking a couple of shots, but a little bit scared to take a couple of shots. And I think, with those guys, a big factor was also that you know Kawhi's watching. Should I take this? Oh shot no, I a hundred, I a hundred percent agree. Like I was just tweeting about it last night, where I think they were playing Game Four of the uh, Philly series, which, mm-hmm. which is the one with the shot before the shot that Kawhi got <laughs> off above Embiid. Yeah, so I, I remember watching it and I was looking at Kyle, I was looking at Pascal, and I'm like, this is not the same dynamic from the season. Like yeah. they would, they would go a while without. Um, they would go a while without um, scoring. Like they would have genuine drive 
outs, even in the regular season, I don't see this season as often because I think that they were kind of uncomfortable in their roles knowing that they had to funnel the offense through through this one superstar. I think that's kind of the downside of having a, super, a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the, the Spurs did really well in kind of circumventing that where they had a superstar, but even winning a championship, like I think Tim Duncan was averaging like 17 points per game. Like that was their star player. Right. You know what I mean? And you can have an... Like, it's kind of a, a choice you make. Like, you can either funnel everything through your superstar, which works and wins championships, or you can um, develop, like, a system where everyone, you just you feed find the hot your best hand. Shot. Because, exactly. Like, you, you pass, 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 pass until you get your perfect shot. Yeah. And exactly. they seem more comfortable in this scheme. Surge sure does, Norm does. Like, once, like, if Kawhi, you know, once when they were playing with Kawhi, it's not like... Because Kawhi is so on ball, it kind of is stagnant. It's kind of making your, your offense go a little bit slower, and it's making it more stagnant in the long process. Yeah. So I think they're not really able to get get to their perfect spots. And when, when he does pass it out, when they do have to shoot, because, like, at that point, they're thinking, oh, God, I got to shoot. Like, I have to shoot this ball. It's and a, it's a low-quality shot. Exactly, exactly. So and now, because you don't really have that person who requires so much, <laughs> attention from others and you know he's so on ball you're able to pass it around and have proper ball movement and which creates yeah. you know best shots for you and, and it's if you even, yeah no even if you look at their best games from the playoffs it was when Kawhi was passing more often like you look at the yeah. eastern conference finals best games even in the philly series the best games game one i think and game five where they were like scoring in the 120s and uh, everyone was scoring it was when he was passing more often but when guys shots were bricking and he had to take more of the offensive load those were the most difficult games to watch those were the most unwatchable yeah. versus versus like a game six you know of the eastern conference Finals or game six of the finals like that's when they were exactly. playing like you know peak raptors basketball you know but anything else you want to say about surge uh, no, just keep the content coming, my friend. <laughs> um, no, I think you, I think you basically hit all the notes. Like, I would probably give him around the same, what was it, B plus, A minus? Yeah, like, A minus. Um, he's, he's having, easily, his, his best, um, offensive season. Um, or he was having his best offensive season. Um, mm-hmm. and his three-point shot came which was terrible last season <laughs> like last season he was living off of his mid-range shot which was money and then in the beginning of this season his mid-range was kind of failing him and then he kind of resorted to his threes and rolling to the basket but it kind of came back he was becoming such a well-rounded player offensive like and what I love about Serge is that whatever his team needs in terms of his skill set he'll develop you yeah. know what I mean like they yeah. need him to a more accurate three-point shooter he's th- shooting like 40 percent from three this season on, <laughs> decent, so on a right. number of attempts on a number of attempts like there are games where i think there was a game where he went like five of ten or something like oh, that's insane for a center for sure um, yeah but yeah everything is finishing his um mid-range shot has come back his um becoming uh, it's also developing skills as a passer like it, like remember yeah. earlier i think it was yeah. people were like whoa like what are these mark like passes where did this come do? from like he's he's driving and then passing out to the corner three shooter he never used to do that he'd rather get blocked or miss the layup or something but like seeing him see those advantages develop mm-hmm. his court vision at like 30 years old in his prime is so cool to me 
Um, and that's what I love about Serge. I love that he's continuing to expand his skill set, even in this age where players kind of get become set in their ways. But you yeah, know, exactly. But it's, yeah, it's, like kind of speaks to all of them. Like it's just amazing that all of them not only do they work on their game, but they work on parts of their game that isn't you know just strictly shooting or giving them points. It's to make other their their teammates better. They're learning how to do make the perfect pass, learning how to be the good defender, learning how to be the perfect help defender, and and whatever that. The- Whatever the team needs, that's like their motto. Whatever the team needs, and it's here, right, yeah. Why, well, like we we miss them so much. <laughs> every so every great. post game, every post game is like, oh yeah, whatever my team needs. For yeah, me. It, it, I think after winning a championship, you realize that it's whatever the system needs of you, you need to do in order to win at a high level. You know, it's not about your particular numbers or what you want to do on the court. And like, you know, unless you're the franchise player, unless you're, you know, I'm sure they'll listen to what Pascal wants to do. Yeah. When it comes to the surrounding talent, when it comes to being the point guard and being, you know, the team's leader, when it comes to being a scorer like Norm or a defender that's has low touches, like OG and Mark, like you got to do what as role players, what your team needs in order to be successful, and then you will reap the benefits. You'll reap the fruits of your labor after exactly. you win your championship. You, know you what can't I mean? win a championship alone. You need all these guys around you to help you. And as long as you're doing your part and making sure that you help them, you've created the perfect system to get to bring to the finals. And it's yeah. exactly what this team has done. Exactly what Nick Nurse implemented. And it's just it's, that's what makes them so lovable and so likable. Yeah. And it's what they did that gave them a chance even this season, you know, being number two in the East, um, being so amazing all season, number two defense in the NBA, uh, yeah, um, two all-stars, you know. After losing a superstar, like, who has done this? It's enjoyable. <laughs> it's so enjoyable. I don't think it's many teams that have been able to, you know, lose a superstar and not even play at the same level, but maybe play even a little bit better than what they used to play. And not only it's, that. Not even just playing better, but also being like even more fun. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. I, I remember, I remember last year. Whenever, like, I I love Kawhi. I would die for Kawhi. But I remember last year with the games that Kawhi had load management. I was, I would, a part of me would almost look forward to it because I would look forward to the ball movement because you know that there's no oh, one yeah. holding the ball movement back. And and he's, I think the one game they played was against the Lakers and Kawhi wasn't playing. I'm not yeah. I don't even know if Kyle was playing that game. I kinda forget. Well, he was but he was. I know the he one was, you're right? about. Yeah. yeah. And like I think it was Surge went off the first quarter, right? That's the same one? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it Pascal? I, my memory is no. terrible right now. But Surge, I think Surge broke like Shaq's record or something. <laughs> yeah, he had like the crazy quarter and it's like that alone was probably just like I mean, it's great to have Kawhi. I know he's gonna get as far in the finals, but even without Kawhi we'll be fine. Yeah, no, and it's, yeah, they've been like so, um, like look how many times that they've gone, like the just from even creating content for fans for the sake of fans, um, this season has been like such a joy, so funny, um, and you wouldn't think like I was honestly kind of like, you would hear like where people say, is this even a playoff team? And yeah. I don't, I don't think people realize how preposterous that is. Yeah, we talk about it a lot, but. This is a team that won 59 games with, you know, DeMar is an amazing player, but they managed to win 59 games with, you know, a ragtag team. <laughs> so what do you think they're going to do with a, basically a championship squad? Like, of course they're going to be awesome. Of course they may even be excellent, you know, and they, know, and they honestly those, were. Honestly, all those reporters that made those comments before, in the beginning of the season should have their, like, credit 
just removed from them. They should not be credible reporters anymore. And I have at least people get paid to have opinions like this. Like, you clearly don't watch the Raptors. I'm, we're going to get into this and get and ranting and everything. But from now on, just a disclaimer, if you're going to make any comments about the Raptors, please at least watch them. No, that's my my only thing. Like, even if you have a difference in opinion, just make it evident that you watch the team (laughs) in said opinion. (laughs) Exactly. Like, uh, honestly, like a legitimate a legitimate opinion was wondering if Kyle Lowry would decline. Like, that's a legitimate opinion to have about a thirty four year old point guard. Exactly. Saying that you know they're not going to be a playoff team. Like, come on. (laughs) Like, they're not going to be in the playoff seating. Like, I can't even begin to get into the how you would have to be messed up to think that but it's just watch the raptors if you watch the raptors you won't come up with these takes and we won't have to roast you it's as simple as that but if you keep coming up with these bad takes we have to tell you how stupid you are (laughs) but um anyway i guess that's seven right yeah no we now we just we're gonna go through a couple questions that we were asked yes this week um let's go with the first one from Lule at Zemzempapi. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing the players have done since being quarantined? So content-wise, what is your favorite, Nora? Hmm. I think uh, Serge is the easy answer. Yeah, Serge is for sure the easy answer because he's like really trying. Every day he's coming up with something to give us. Either it's a book club, it's cooking, or I'm watching... Serge like take out his garbage and I'm entertained <laughs> like come on oh, that's, that's when I hit rock bottom that's when I'm <laughs> yeah. like what am I doing watching Serge fill his dishwasher <laughs> like we're dying for the Raptors this badly where we're like oh how do you what's the method that you take out your how do you close up your garbage bag but oh my God, he does it the same way I do <laughs> <laughs> basketball players they're just like us um but yeah probably Serge if yeah. any, anybody else I think everybody else is kind of laying low not really no, I think Pascal Pascal's yeah. fully off the grid. Like someone commented, yeah. like he alive right now. <laughs> Him and OG are just like you don't know where they are. One. I wonder if they're still in Canada right now. I don't know. Like I think Kyle is. I think Serge is. I think Shay's definitely is. in Mississauga because, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you could. Uh, he was creating some. Uh, he's a originally from his saga and he was creating some tiktoks and it's like clear he's in a childhood bedroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. which i found really amusing that's adorable and his tiktoks are freaking amazing they're, they're so, so funny. funny the one the first one with like his parent his mom calling him out and then oh, yeah. died so funny yeah, Keep was, it coming. oh maybe oh, that's yeah. true that's also a good quarantine content thanks okay yeah. oh yeah um okay next question oh this is a entertaining one this is from Nazi Mali, um, if you were to, if you were the producer of a late night talk show with Serge as your host, what would it be called, and what would the rap, what other Raptors would you hire, and what would they be doing? <laughs> okay, so what would it be called? It would probably be called something with Mufuzi in it because he's loyal to the brand. It would be some sort <laughs> of like um, late night with Mufuzi. <laughs> yeah, or Mufuzi art or not art. And he would just yes, where you just yell at the art. crowd, art or not yeah. art? <laughs> he the crowd says it with him. Yeah. <laughs> it would oh, be like um, I and what would the okay? So I would probably hire Nick Nurse as like the live-in musician. You know how every night oh yes they that's have some dude such a good one. 
Yeah, on the piano, and he just kind of riffs off your jokes and stuff. I feel like that would actually be the perfect, um, that would be the perfect plan B for Nick Nurse if coaching doesn't work out. <laughs> Honestly, they have the they have the all the stuff that's required for that. Him and Serge can really just take that on whenever they want to. Oh yeah, we will tune in, no problem. Serge can definitely do that. He's so genuinely funny with like people he's never met before. Yeah, I'm pretty exactly. sure like a. Like, he, he'll interview people that I'm sure he's never met beyond that point. And it's like, <laughs> wow, he's just very natural in front of the camera. That's like, he, Serge has to go into a late night talk show or something after he's done with the season. And I'm he has a whole career waiting for him after basketball. Absolutely. Um, okay, next question. There's two more left. Um, if the season is canceled, which player from the Raptors has the biggest loss and why? Similarly... Who in the NBA out of the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks lose the most if the season is canceled? This is an interesting thinker. Um, This is from at uh, BBS2 Confessions. Um, If the season is canceled, which player from the Raptors has the biggest loss and why? So, um, let me think. I would think it would be our our eldest player. Like, yeah, that's how. But then it's, it's, it'll probably be Mark. But like, what is he losing? He's a champ, and he just won a medal. If anything, Mark has got a year of, like, relaxing, finally. He can finally yeah. take a little bit of a breather. Like, it's honestly hard to say they lost out because it's literally a squad full yeah. of champions. And I also feel like Mark coming back is going to come back just stronger after all this rest. <laughs> More rested. He's just going to come back like the Hulk. Um, like, I'm sure he'll be fine. So, I it's, it's really I hard think to say. Maybe Kyle, but... Maybe you're talking about in terms of performance, maybe Norm, because he was having such a great year, but I feel like he's also capable of having that next year. So yeah. okay, I, um, I think Kyle would, would be my answer, because um, I think this was kind of his chance to leave. Yeah, the, you're right. Without uh, uh, a star ahead. Like, this is his team right now, I think, in this state. Like, Pascal is still incubating or whatever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I still think he's, like, in his egg, in his womb right now, growing. But this is like right now we have a mature prime Kyle, so I this think is like it was really Kyle's year as like the, the guy, yeah, yeah. The, so, the person. And it's so, been great right, right. so far. So to see him not have that chance to kind of see how far he can get them into the playoffs, which I think would have been really fruitful. But I think that's kind of something he missed out on. But he has another year on his contract. Like unless they trade him, he can do it all over again. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> you're right. Okay, the last question. Oh wait, there was a second part. So oh yeah, my bad. Part two was similarly who out of um, in the NBA out of the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks lose the most if the season is canceled. That's a really good question. Um, so with each scenario, you have the Lakers with LeBron, who's thirty five years old, um, having an amazing season but still aging. Like this was his window with AD to get the championship. Um, you have the Clippers who had Paul George and Kawhi on a two year, and now one of those years is gone potentially. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, and then you have the Bucks who um, are right, going to offer. Yeah, this was a, they have a two-year window to win a championship, and one of those years is potentially gone. Um, and and I mean, they were having such an amazing year. Oh, like, one for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, he was about to get his MVP award again. And yep, um, if you look at um, what do you call it, they're going to offer him the supermax, and he could, he's reasonably probably going to reject it right now. Yeah, they're yeah, gonna reasonably. offer to, offer it to him in the summer, and no one can blame him if he rejects it because they didn't even have a chance this season. Exactly. So. exactly. Who knows? Um. So, what do you who do you think 
lose think, out the most out of those three teams. I think in terms of long term and in terms of not going anywhere, it's gonna. It would be the Clippers for me because yeah. you've got two players <clears throat> that you just lost a year of, right? Yeah. And then you get one year with them, and you were already kind of like like you've had your past couple of years haven't been that great. So this was really your one window to assert yourself as that team, which, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the public, uh, the marketing stuff, they weren't really able to do, but for sure they were really good in terms of playing games and everything. But um, I think I think that's, that's a big one because, I don't know, like, I would Kawhi come back if they don't win next year? Mm-hmm. Would he opt out I for someone else? The only place he'd alternatively go to would be to the Lakers and right. I don't see LeBron and AD leaving there anytime soon and he doesn't seem to want to join them like clearly doesn't seem to want to join them so I, I think they will be okay the Clippers but I think for the Bucks, like if Giannis leaves they're screwed like at least yeah the Clippers are in California you know what I mean yeah like, they're in Wisconsin true. they're gonna have to they're gonna have to bet on drafting another generational talent <laughs> again so that is a good point. Yep. That's they, gonna be tough. And like it's it's you almost kinda have to feel bad for them if you weren't the Bucks because they were they really were having such a phenomenal year and like you said, Giannis was on his way to MVP and you know that they really did have a really good shot winning the, the everything this year. And that would have solidified um Giannis or not solidified I guess, but really made a case for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. And oh, absolutely, yeah. Now I don't think that if he won one. No. If he won a- no. I don't. I can't. There. I don't either. think he leaves. Um, but if he doesn't, like he seems some. He's he's someone who clearly seems like he, he's in his prime, and he seems really intent on kind of implementing Wait. himself as like a as a number yeah. one kind of player in the league. Period. Like that seems to be his goal, judging yeah. from how he performs every single night. So and he understands like you can't get that just by regular season wins or MVPs. Yeah. He knows that you gotta win the championship. So I, I know that's like a high priority on his list for sure. And yeah, you're right. If they do lose out on the year, it's they might lose out on Giannis. Yeah. And the final question before we end this episode is, which game four stressed um, you out the most in last year's playoff? And that is from T-Dog Girl. Um, hmm. Philly. I'm trying to think. Game- right. Oh, yeah, that's the Philly game four. And then 100% there's the- Philly. The- no, they won their other game fours. So I think the Philly game four. Yeah, they won all their other games. Are there game fours from past year that they've messed with? A game four in past years would have been the tail end of a sweep. So yeah, (laughs) the tail, the last game of a sweep is really not painful. It's kind of like kicking a dead horse. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like we were, we were what? It was, it was game four. We were on our third win against Orlando, right? Um, And it was game four. We went on our second win against Bucks. Yeah, and. Game four on our second win against or third or first win against. No, I think it was their second. their third, third win against. Yeah, it was. And it was a great game. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. So no, so, I think I think Philly for sure. Philly was obviously the one that gave me the most heart problems. Oh yeah, that was terrible. It was on the other night and it was horrendous. <laughs> oh, I can't even begin to go down that path right now. I'm like, my anxiety is too high to turn that shit on. Like Pascal um, was injured. Remember, he was like questionable, and we were having yeah, panic attacks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just um, Kawhi, <laughs> honestly. Everybody else was just kind of looking for Kawhi to just bring them over the horizon. 
that and was, uh, it was a it tough was rough. It was really rough. I can't believe like it literally came down to the last shot in the last second of the entire series, and that's what determined the rest of our future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for sure Philly. How about you? No, yeah, that's the same for me. Um, yeah, the game four of the uh, Easter Conference Finals was amazing. I think it's yes. the one where they won by like twenty or something. And then game four of the finals was amazing. Um, definitely game four of the Philly series. That series, it's weird because it's like a classic, but it's such a hard watch. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even, even like now. I know what happens at the end exactly. of game seven. I can't watch it. <laughs> Even now, it's just like I don't know if I have the heart to sit through this. This is yeah. Oh, the game five really takes years. Game five is probably I think it's on tonight or tomorrow, and that one was really good. It was their like I think their only their second clear cut win of the series. Oh okay. That was a game. I think I think Kyle had like twenty five. Like everyone was scoring that game. (laughs) Oh okay okay. It's also on League Pass too. Like all the entire championship yes. run i was it's also free right now guys you can sign up for league pass for a month it's entirely for free you can watch any game of the raptors i've been looking at the Kawhi run and the championship mm-hmm. run and the past couple of games i watched the um the one where kyle came back from the 30 point deficit in the fourth quarter against the mavericks oh, yeah and that's, it's just, that's probably the best you know, regular season raptors game ever <laughs> yeah honestly i was the best game but um but yeah yeah, I think that's everything for today's episode. So thank you guys for listening. Um, sorry about the delay from the last episode. But as soon as the whatever technical dis- difficulty is sorted out, we'll post it. Um, and yeah, until next week, peace out, guys. Please stay safe and stay inside. Definitely. <laughs> In your rooms, just isolate. And hopefully we can have the NBA back when everybody is healthy and safe and there's no virus in the air. But until then, we will still be producing shows and trying our best to come up with content. And if you have any ideas, please, we beg you, send them to us. (laughs) Please. I hate we'll get on my knees. We need some. But thank you, guys. guys. Have a good one.